In today's episode, we discuss a passage of scripture that seems to be, at times, misappropriated to fit the context of an individual's personal, moralistic standing. Others will use this passage as a point of debate over works versus grace. However, today we will dive deeper into the text and see exactly what James meant when the Holy Spirit inspired him to author the words, faith without works is dead. So, grab a Bible, open your heart, and let's get going right now on The Great Sift. Welcome to The Great Sift Podcast. Through weekly installments, we provide content that will engage, encourage, and empower you as a believer in Jesus Christ. We tackle topics of the day, host interviews, and provide a biblical view on what is happening in the church and the world at large. So, grab a Bible, open your heart, and let's begin to sift through all that God has in store. As we begin today, although it will be more of a teaching episode, I want to encourage you as the listener to be a person who is willing to accept the full counsel of God. There are many in our world today that add in so many quote-unquote new teachings or new revelations to the Word. In doing so, at best, they dilute the message of God, and at worst, they lead people completely astray from God and into myths, false teachings, and false gospels. As a minister of the gospel for going on 20 years, I want to encourage you that the Bible is the inerrant Word of God. It is God-breathed or Holy Spirit-inspired. Every single word. Now, while there are variances that we know of within translating from the Greek and Hebrew, contradictions are not present as the Holy Scriptures are the divine revelation of God to all of mankind. Being a Christ follower is being willing to explore, study, meditate upon, and to grow from the very word itself. Oftentimes, people do a disservice to individuals that they teach or that they are in relationship with when they allow opinions to override scripture. Allow me to give you an example. In 1 Samuel 17, we see the famous story of David and Goliath. Now, many will read this historical narrative and begin the process of application. They will read of how a young, around 14-year-old boy is sent to bring his brother's lunch during war. They read of how no one will fight Goliath, so David steps up to the plate. They see how he is given the opportunity to fight and refuses King Saul's method, so instead he picks up five stones from the brook and uses one to kill Goliath. The application becomes then that they are now supposed to be a type of David and they are to overcome every Goliath in their lives. But is that what the scripture is actually about? Answer, no. By reading into the text in this way, we are short-sighted in what God is trying to tell us in his overall revealing of himself to us. The book of Hebrews points us to the Old Testament in the way of it being types and shadows of the promised Messiah. This text is huge in understanding what God was doing. David and Goliath is a historical event that did happen and showed the greatness of God's power when a person is wholly committed to loving and honoring him. However, we can see a clear picture of Jesus within the text. Consider this, David was up against an enemy everyone feared and no one could kill. 
Jesus was up against an enemy of death, hell, the grave, even Satan, that everyone fears and no one can kill. David kills Goliath in a way that no one expected. Jesus killed the enemy in a way that no one expected. David then cut off the enemy's head. Jesus crushed the serpent's head. Also consider, David is in direct lineage of the Messiah. So in essence, the seed of the Messiah was destroying the enemy on earth that everyone feared and no one could kill. The symmetry and beautiful picture Jesus tells us through the Bible is absolutely amazing. The danger of piecemealing scripture and only trying to take from it what we think it means or apply it to all current situations is short-sighted at the eternal beauty of where we are headed when we live and walk with Christ. The ultimate goal is not to have your best life now. The ultimate goal is to live eternally in heaven with Jesus. Within our lives, we have peace knowing where we are heading. So, within our lives, we extend grace and love because we know that it is only by this revelation of God to mankind within Scripture that we can understand what He has done for us. Appropriately applying Scripture builds our relationship with Jesus along with prayer, worship, and community with other believers. So, using this as our quick foundation, let's look at the book of James, chapter 2, verses 14 through 23. It says this, What good is it, my brothers? And meaning my brothers, he's talking to fellow believers. So, verse 14, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works." You believe that God is one, and you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder that. Do you want to be shown, you foolish pers- person, that, a- that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and he was called a friend of God. You see, James is explaining to us that Abraham's faith was justified when he obeyed God's request. God had told Abraham to sacrifice his son. And we all know the story. Isaac was spared by the Lord, and Abraham's faith was justified by his willingness to obey and trust God. His action was in direct line with his faith. So, when we read in James today, faith without works is dead, how then are we supposed to apply this today? Are we to apply it to being morally righteous? Are we supposed to take our Christian faith and take up a social justice cause? Are we supposed to work to end world hunger, end sex trafficking, or end mass genocide of people groups? Are these the type of quote-unquote works James is referring to? Now, while all of those things are good causes to advocate for, 
This is not what James is sharing with us. The Bible doesn't tell us to be an activist for any moralistic standing in society. Again, it's not wrong to do so, but James is sharing with us what that quote-unquote works is following in obedience to God. So, as believers, where do we find these works that, we, that will proceed from all Christ followers who genuinely have placed their faith in God? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. We find the central text to seeing that followers of Christ are to be doing good works in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. It says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Again, this is speaking of the good works that we perform because of our obedience and relationship with Christ. So, as you read through Ephesians in chapters 5 and 6, you see how good works are laid out for the believer. In Ephesians 5.1, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. That is a tall order. But the subsequent chapters show us exactly how. I encourage you to read those two chapters to help you see the works a believer must be pursuing. Now, we also find a, a bit of a more succinct list that Paul gives us in Romans chapter 12 that I want to read for us rather than the two chapters of Ephesians 5 and Ephesians 6. In Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21, it says this, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The works we do do not provide us salvation. However, the works that we do show is how God has moved in our lives. We are not called to a quote-unquote higher purpose than anyone else in the body of Christ. We're not supposed to be higher than anyone else in the body of Christ. We are all equally important. Performing the works of a believer is essential in being one who pursues being an imitator of God. We will never be perfect. We will never be without sin. Not until we get to heaven. But our actions speak to where our hearts are. 
I want to encourage you today. Do not go running off into myths that there is some higher purpose out there that you have to achieve by by being an advocate or an activist and going all overboard on, on making sure that your voice is heard. But rather, do what Romans 12 is talking about and walk through being a person who pursues doing the works that God has set before us. One who honors someone above yourself. Your love is genuine. Abhor evil. And even when evil happens to you, be someone who blesses that person rather than curses them. Allow the love of God to come out of you. Don't go running off into myths that place a heavy burden upon you. The burden or arguing and debating, trying to be right or fighting for justice, quote unquote. When the Lord himself said, vengeance is mine. It's not even ours. He gave us the good works to do. Let's work on doing those together. I thank you for joining me today. And may our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, be with you. Until next time, may our Lord and Savior Truly bless you.